0: I'm Erica Keswin Welcome to season four of left to our own devices, the show that explores how to bring our human to work and to life. Because left to our own devices, we're not connecting. Today, my guest is Joe Cambarato. Joe is the CEO of National Business Capital, the leading FinTech marketplace that offers small business loans and services. Joe developed a passion for business growth early in his career when he saw small businesses struggle due to the often difficult process of obtaining financing and not knowing who to trust for business services to run and grow a company. What started out of his spare bedroom in 2007 has blossomed into a company with over 100 employees in multiple locations. Joe and his team have secured over a billion dollars in financing for thousands of small business owners nationwide. In addition to growing his company, Joe is extremely proud of the culture that he has created at NBC. We work hard, but we have fun while doing it, says Joe. Employees are recognized for their hard work, both in the company and in their community. Joe is also known on Instagram as Grow by Joe. And he leads by example, taking part in NBC's Rituals, developing professionally through his role in YPO, the Young President's Organization, and volunteering time to local charities. Joe and I met at a YPO event last year, and he had me a hello when I heard him talk about his company culture. I am so excited for all of you to get to know him today. Joe, how are you? Good to see you.
1: Good to see you too. How are you doing, Erica?
0: Good. I'm really good. Very excited for this conversation. And really just want to dive right in. So for people who don't know about National Business Capital you know tell us what it is. I you know read that you started your business out of your spare bedroom. you know what's what's your
1: mission? Yeah, well, my mission is driving growth for all, so that it, driving growth for our customers, which are small business owners, helping their business grow, but also driving growth for people here at the company, our employees. And that's become our new mission, which is really cool. National Business capital was founded out of my spare bedroom in two thousand and seven, which started off as a small local business consultant helping, you know, I was helping one business owner at a time get money for their businesses, you know, it's turned into this amazing fintech platform that utilizes technology now to handle a lot of applications, thousands of applications a month, streamlined, really simple process, which a really great focus on good people, but we've helped secure over a billion dollars in financing for businesses across the country. And we have over 75 different business lenders on the platform And this is lenders everywhere from SBA to lines of credit, to equipment financing, to term loans, to account receivable financing, ABL, inventory lines, and really any type, if you own a business, like we have all that financing in one place, it's really confusing as an owner. A lot of times, most of our customers are outgrowing the bank or they're just moving too fast for banks to keep up. So there's all these other options out there with a lot of non-bank lenders or specialized banks that really just focus on business, not checkings and savings. So long story short, you apply in one place, we match you with the right lender. We really just save owners time and frustration. You know, If your bank that you've been with forever says, hey, we're a captain online, it's like, where do you go from there? And right. when, when I got started in 07, a lot of lenders actually didn't even have websites, which is kind of funny and, and that was still like, Google was really just kind of becoming mainstream at that mm-hmm. point. You know, now there's been such a big focus. This whole fintech boom's happened, which is amazing. And it's really, there's never been a better time to access capital. But, you know, you go online now, you type in small business loan or business line of credit and a million things come up.
0: Right. People probably don't know, right, where do you go from Where do you go? And it sounds like you're really a partner to these businesses.
1: Yeah, we're like a financial partner. Mm-hmm. It's not just about the first transaction. A lot of our customers have been with us for years. And a lot of them are constantly growing. You know, if they're in construction, they're buying more machinery. If they're acquiring customers, they need marketing dollars. If they're buying inventory, sometimes certain times of year, they have seasonal things where, you know, they need to do a big, big purchase. Right. So there's all these different reasons. There's no like one size fits all lender. If we only, if we were the sole lender or we only worked with one lender, we, we would fail,
0: Got
1: it. Got it. you know? So you have to have all those options basically. Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, we've been through a couple of years of this pandemic and, you know, if even you pick up, I think, any newspaper, online article, wherever you go to get your news, one of the biggest stories was always about the impact on small businesses and how they really were suffering. And so, you know, tell us, I mean, how were you able to support them? I mean, maybe there's a story or something that, that you can share to really bring what you do to life for the audience here.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, it was a wild time for my company. It was a wild time for all companies. I mean, my business is tied to small and medium sized companies. Right. You know, and we work nationwide. So, you know, I started the company in 07, went through 08, 09 recession, which was a wild time financial crisis, which trickled down to, you know, my business at the time. But I never dealt with the situation where like business stopped. So, so it was really challenging. A lot of challenges that small, medium-sized companies had to deal with. we had to deal with with ourselves too. We had to really reorganize, restructure the company and kind of wait. you know, like PPP took over, and which is really you know that wasn't normal for any lender. PPP was this new thing.. Yes. So that was a challenge within itself and just kind of waiting for the dust to settle and then really just bringing the team back and getting focused. You know we came back in a little bit earlier than the most, like the end the end of the summer of twenty twenty. And really started to get focused we started with our legacy customers you know customers that have been with us and made sure that their needs were being served mm-hmm. and then really started to open it back up to new customers but you know it was a process it was a scary time for sure and, and there wasn't really a lot of answers There was a lot of uncertainty no one really had the answers no one knew when things were going to get picked back up yeah. everyone kept saying you know another two weeks four weeks and it just and i think with all challenges there is opportunities created I think unfortunately when you're in the middle of it doesn't feel like that. I do think that business is interesting and you have to go through these cycles and these cycles do get rid of a lot of whether it's not good businesses or the weaker businesses and it's like the circle of life, which is unfortunate, but it also leads opportunity Mm -hmm. to the folks that stay focused and stick through it and tough it out. Or you know, what I always say is like the people that were doing the work when times were good. And the companies that were doing that work when times are good, whether it was with culture, whether it was processes, systems, you know, people like they, when, you know, you had this blip in the economy, we're seeing a lot of the companies that really had it together are now back at it, aggressive, taking market share and they're inundated with opportunities. So it's been wild. Like I would have thought that this bounce back would have taken a little bit longer. I would have thought that lenders would have been a lot tighter and opportunity, you know, is out there. Businesses are back to growing. Some have, you know, hit what they've been doing uh, pre-pandemic numbers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some are are exceeding it. And then lenders are really competitive. There's like never been a better time to access capital in the history of me founding the company.
0: Yeah. Well, it's very positive and nice to hear given what we've all all been through. You yep. mentioned while we came in earlier than many, I assume you were referring to her that you came in back to the office, which, you know, the theme for this season of the podcast is now what? You know, we've been taking, you know, two steps forward, one step back, a lot of this in and out, back and forth. And you shared with me right before we started recording that you are building a new office. And I want to hear about it. I also find it so interesting given that most people I'm talking to are either getting rid of their office or subleasing the office or redesigning the office. So tell us tell us about this new office. How are you thinking about return to office cuz many leaders, CEOs can't get people to come back in.
1: <laughs> it's yeah, I, I just, you know, I'm sorry for laughing, and it's just such an interesting topic to me and my team we all kind of laugh and shake our heads i mean if you're having a tough time getting people to come back i think it's a really good time to really relook at your business and and your culture and, and what are you really doing and and people want more today than just a place to show up to work and they want a fun environment they want environments and companies that bring i think more to the table and we haven't had any issues with people coming back to work you've had the option to work remotely One or two people took advantage of that because of other things going on, you know, at home with folks that had to be really cautious, completely understandable, but we haven't had any issues bringing anyone back, which is pretty amazing. But like I was saying before, like we, when times were good, we've always focused on culture was great, but I'm like, we got to bring culture to a new level. And like, what's the point of all this? And, and how do we build like great teams and what can we do better than everybody else? And then also we always focused on being ahead of technology and these other things. So when times are good, I I'm never a person that like sits back and relaxes. I'm always figuring like, okay, things are great. This is a great time to invest. What, how, how do we make things better? How do we improve? And we're committed to like lifelong change and, mm-hmm. and just always improving. I, I think it scares me when I think about companies like Blockbuster that were, <laughs> right. you know, leaders of the pack and then they're out of business. And because, there were probably executives there that thought life was good and that they were the, you know, hundred pound gorilla and we don't need to do anything. And I never want to be one of those companies. So I'm always paranoid to be better. So, so
0: give us some examples. Like, I love that investing in the future. And, you know, you, it seems you've created a culture where people seem to want to come in the office. So everybody listening is dying. Like, what is that secret sauce? And, and get as specific as you're willing to get.
1: Yeah, so it's an interesting question. We've been number one top workplace three years in a row on Long Island, where we're located. The headquarters that we're building out is actually bigger than our office pre-COVID, which is really exciting. People ask me all the time, like, what, what is? How do you explain culture? It's it's like not like an easy thing to explain. I right. feel like you really have to feel like experience it and see it, witness it. But the simple way breaking down is like is one word is fun we talk about this all the time. You know, there's not like a rule book that says you can't have a fun time in the office. You can't have fun while doing your work. And it's not just all about having fun. We're like, when I also explain to people, I also share too, we hold ourselves highly accountable. So it's not just about like fun and having a party. And it's not just about having a pizza party and then hoping that you have great culture. Like you got to have fun in multiple areas. And it's, I think it's about like work life integration and having fun in of work, outside of work. And then, you know, another big thing we talk about is just mutual respect and being human. Like, it's really not that difficult. I think a lot of people overcomplicate this and think that there's just something magical that they need to do. I think you just have to be more logical and realistic. And like, we're not so stiff and stuck with things. Like, mm-hmm. we respect and understand things happen in people's lives. Like, if something comes up or something happens, and I'm not worried about, are they using their pto day for that like i really don't care it's like a life thing like go figure it out go handle it go do it and then we're always trying to we're just constantly doing different things here in the office we have a culture team that we put together again this was all stuff pre-covid that culture team still here still exists it changes over every year
0: oh i love that yeah
1: and then that team like there's like culture chairs similar like DHA chairs and ypo for events and And that team you know there's a culture leader and that leader changes over and they're responsible for different things throughout the year some of those events are out of the office purely fun some of them are like hey we hit this goal we get to do x some of them are in office events and mixers some are where we'll bring in different folks you know this mission of driving growth for all means like we're trying to always do things that make us better as people so whether we bring someone in for fitness and health, we have someone coming in to talk about just saving for retirement and educating people, we've got someone coming in to do meditation. Just all like those are just examples of different things but we're always trying to bring in different resources and different things that can help all of us be better here and then we incorporate, you know, just fun things, you know, into the office. You know, if you check out watch our social media, you can get like a nice little glimpse into mm-hmm. what's going on with the team and we're always doing something, you know.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I, so what strikes me in everything that you said, one, perhaps many of these other leaders out there, maybe all of us are overthinking this. That if you, you know, it's when I wrote "Bring Your Human to Work," it was partly what I was thinking about. I mean, if you are human and are and you're focused on the results, you're not as worried about these little things like did someone use their PTO day for something that they needed to go do. I do think people underestimate fun. The other thing that jumped out that I want to go a little deeper on is, I mean, your name out there in on the internet, if people Google you, is Grow by Joe. So when did you become Grow by Joe? Number one. Number two, though, I have been thinking a lot recently about, as leaders, we have many levers that we can pull to grow our business, to grow and support our culture. And I do think for many organizations, and this is what I'd love your thought on, I think professional development, personal development is an underutilized lever because the data shows that if people are growing on the job, they're more likely to stay. You get that extra 10% out of them. So sort of a long-winded question. I apologize. But why are you, and when did you become Grow by Joe, and how do you view professional development in the context of building your strong culture?
1: Yeah, so one, I mean, I've, I've been on this mission of growing in general, and it all started with growing my own business, and I realized I've had the privilege of working with business owners and helping them get financing to grow their own businesses, and hearing and speaking to so many owners and companies all across the country, all industries, all revenue sizes, just getting started to generational businesses. And you you, you speak to all these companies and, and you realize that a lot of them, they all share very similar challenges, no matter what the industry is, no matter what the shape or sizes are. And I've done so many, and by having those great conversations, it's taught me a lot. And as I was trying to grow my business, like as I was helping them grow their business with financing, I was growing my own business. And I started my company from nothing out of my spare bedroom without private equity i leveraged everything i had house put it all on the line and i have learned a lot i've made some great mistakes i've made some really good moves and i decided to start this whole grow by joe thing because it's all about helping owners grow and i talk about and just share all the challenges or successes and opportunities that i've had in my business and just trying to put out good quality things for owners that just go beyond the financing And then also educating them about how to utilize financing as a tool to grow their companies. Mm -hmm. So this started about a year prior to COVID. So uh, I guess it was like around the beginning of 19. And it really started to take off. COVID happened. I had to get focused on the biz and and restructure. And I picked it back up. I get a lot of great feedback from our owners, customers, from different people. And it's really starting to really take off. And I've started to show up and do other things, conferences and stuff like that. and, And it's been a ton of fun. And I'm also starting to pick back up on a, a book that I started yeah, prior to I growing. was just going
0: to say, Grow by Joe should definitely be a book. Happy to. We should, we'll chat about that. Awesome. So related to this, you know, one of the things that I often in speaking of books, you know, wrote a book on rituals and how rituals are also a tool, a lever for leaders to pull to help people feel connected to give them that sense of psychological safety. And what's so interesting about your business is everything that you're saying you can use and employ to grow your own business and then they can and then you can take those tools and help all of your customers, you know, grow their own businesses as well. So it's really interesting to think about it from both sides. So you know, does NBC have any cool rituals that you think make people feel most connected to each other and to the company?
1: Well, definitely. I mean, there's a few, I mean, just two that stand out is every morning at 9.01 AM, we do stretches, morning stretches, and everyone participates. It's really cool. We do like little mini exercises, stretches. And then once a month, we do our company huddle. It happens the Friday, the first Friday of every single month. And uh, we recap what we did great last month, our wins. And then we also kick it off with some sort of an icebreaker. That we break off into pairs of you know twos and threes, I and mean, that ha- those things happen constantly. I participate in if I'm not on a call an early morning call like today I was not, and uh, and I was out there doing stretches you know with the team jumping jacks and it's a really cool fun way to start the day. And if it's like if there's someone who heads it up if that person's out someone else takes point and it's like clockwork every day. It's it's actually really funny when I bring like if I do have a meeting in the morning here and someone actually comes into the office. <laughs> They're like, what's going on out there? <laughs> you know, it's a cool thing to witness.
0: That's great. Well, as we've seen with with rituals, they, how do you know it's a ritual? It seemed crazy if it went away. So my guess is at 9.01, everybody's looking around the room for someone to start stretching.
1: Yep. Yeah. Everyone's kind of like standing ready and they're kind of like, you know, ready. It's uh, it's really cool. And it's, it's amazing. It's, you know, I don't know, three minutes, five minutes tops. It just grounds you. And it's like a great way to start the deck. Yeah,
0: and that is. I mean you you really you're on it because the even the the science of rituals talk about how rituals provide grounding and order out of chaos. And so I can envision Yeah. I'll have to come participate myself one day, but you know that you're in there and everybody just stops for a minute and has that moment of connection and reflection and probably a little bit of fun in the process as we get older a little creaking of the bones
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean usually there's someone who's like making a joke about how that one hurt you know you know i'm I'm getting too old for the stretch but and everyone's cracking kind of you know jokes with one another and then if there's like something happening we shout out like you know someone's anniversary or birthday or whatever so it's a cool little it's a nice little refreshing way to start the day yeah
0: it's not rocket science and it sounds like it's one of the things that makes NBC feel most NBC ish. So that's perfect. So my final question is a question that, that everybody gets on the podcast. It is as follows. I mean, Joe, what do you say you do in your life that makes you feel most
1: like you? Huh? That's an interesting question. What do I do in my life that makes me feel in business or personal or it any could of be the above? anything? Well, I mean, I, I love spending time with my family. And obviously, and kids. And I have a seven-year-old daughter, a two-year-old son, and that's been a ton of fun, and making me feel like the new me. You know, right, this this right. new me with having up and coming kids. I think what makes me feel the most me is is when I'm like, you know, growing and pushing myself, and I've really realized, you know, I think you get burnt. You can get really burnt out as an owner, you know. And once, and I think too, when I was younger, I always thought when I got to here, whatever that was it was all going to be when i get to here i'll be happy when it's good and i've really started to fall in love with the process enjoyed the process and that's really happened recently i think with going through covid what i really realized is and i had like i never had a time in my life where i didn't like work or have like that was so weird for me I've from as young as i can remember i always even before i was able to get a job i figured out how to have a job and make money and so i've always was working and hustling and I think what I realized is I'm actually, most of me and more, I'm, I'm aggravated when I'm not pushing myself beyond my limits, growing, making it happen, building the company. I realized I'm actually happy when I'm making that progress. So I think when I feel the most of me is when I'm making progress and making things happen.
0: Yeah. And that's why you are Grow by Joe.
1: <laughs> that's right.
0: It all works. Well, Joe, thank you so much. This was great. I look forward to continuing to see your progress and checking out your YouTube channel and watching you and the company continue to grow. So it was really great to see you.
1: Awesome, thank you so much for having me, Erica. I appreciate it and appreciate all you're doing as well too. And I enjoy everything that you're putting out there. So keep doing what you're doing as well. All right, thank you.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Left Your Own Devices. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. If you want to receive my monthly-ish update on all things human at work, or just want to say hello, email me at erica at ericakeswin.com. Stay safe, stay connected, and I'll see you soon.